This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Live commentary. An easy finish really for Sergio Torres. Heading past him into an empty net. It's very disappointing for Crystal Palace and it's 2-0 Crawley. It's horrific, but it's much, much worse as being in the press area in the Crawley main stand. <laughs> Happy to hear them chant, who are you, at the Palace Benz. Live interviews. The deal that's done, are you, uh, that you got the message about, is it? Is it definitely done? Or... <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, I need to get off the phone, really, and, and find out. But, um, <laughs> All right, no, we'll let you I go, think, then. I think, it, I think it was the midfielder or the striker, I'm not sure, one of the two. Expert analysis. Peter Ramage has gone on a season-long loan to Barnsley. Uh, Dog phone. <laughs> Cowbells. <laughs> that was utterly ridiculous. Way. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. All right, don't milk it. You get rot on my teats. Move along. <laughs> yeah, keep churning them out. Well, most of the time anyway. Homesdale Radio. Hello, uh, good evening and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm the host. And due to the wonderful train network in this country, I'm also the producer for tonight's show. Uh, as we look back at another tough week for Palace. With me tonight are Alex White. Hi. Hello. Yeah, there you are. Stuart Shape. Yeah. Hiya. Right. And Danny Dyer's dad, Mr. Joe Holyoke. <laughs> you, You're funny. Do you, like, you like that one? It's, well, yeah. Anyway, I'll move Shut on. Shut up, you fucker. Yeah. <clears throat> Yesterday saw the Eagles visit an informed Liverpool side and succumb to a 3-1 defeat. We'll take a look at the match incidents, performances and reactions to that game and ask some difficult questions. Uh, with a break until we play Fulham, we'll dedicate some extra time to discussing your opinions and talking about the season so far. So, uh, so today more than ever, your opinion counts and will shape the show. Get in touch and air your views. To contact the show today, send us a tweet to at HOL Radio. Message us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. Email us on radio at homestale.net. Uh, as I'm producing, we'll leave the phone, phone in for today as I can't cope with that. 
but you can visit up the whole radio chat room hlradio.net forward slash chat uh, that's a quick reminder if those not doing so you can listen to Homestay Radio live on your smartphone or tablet device with the TuneIn Radio app free to download once installed search for Homestay Radio to locate the station um, so if we'd actually recorded the news in brief you know, I'm just going to um going to take that uh, take that music down it's starting to get right on my nerves I can do it so, you know Mike is not here so there we go um whew. That's better. Uh, if we'd record a, <laughs> recorded a news in brief, uh, that this is where we'd play it. But um, we haven't done that because I'm in charge and uh, we didn't really get around to doing it. Do you want to know what the news in brief was, everyone? I can read something out. Something about jail. Yes. There, there was something about jail. Um, it was, the, main, the main news was that Crystal Palace have terminated Florian Morange's contract after both parties admitted his move to the Eagles was a mistake. The 26-year-old made the switch to Selhurst Park on August the 16th on a free transfer from what Bordeaux. Is he a cricketer or something? Why do you say that? Well, I don't know. He could, he's a professional footballer. All of a sudden, like someone in the, in the coaching or whoever decided it would be decent to sign him up, mm. surely someone, you know, it's a huge schoolboy error. Well, until we... Uh, a bit muggy, really, I think. It does, gel. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll have a quick word from our sponsor, and then when we come back, we'll get straight on that topic. Live commentary. That's, that's that. See, already, already, I've done it. Already, I clicked the wrong thing. You believe that? Yes. Oh, who's the sponsor? Is this the geezer with the guttering and the door? Homestale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass aluminium stainless steel wood and a number of plastics covering most of south england with virtual offices in croydon epsom hawley worcester park in surrey crowthorne in berkshire regent street west london docklands east london and crawley in brighton in sussex so if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs then look no further than complete signs Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. And we're, we're back, um, mainly because I forgot to turn the microphone off during the course of that thing, but there we go. Uh, no one actually spoke, which was handy. Um, anyway, right, so we're back. Jill, uh, you were asking about Marange. Um, obviously, that was discussed uh, a little bit before. You may have missed that. Uh, that was... Um, essentially one of those things where we took a pump because people weren't available. Um, I think it's fair to say it was a pump that hasn't played out. Um, I think if you sign for a club and you don't make their squad, you've, you know, it's a bit of a joke really. But um, like you say, it doesn't look good. And um, I think the most worrying thing from it perhaps was that, um, you know, the reports from, from him of, of how he was treated. I mean, obviously he was paid. It's not like he, we forced him to, to, to join us or anything like that but you know as I understand it he'd moved his family over and all sorts of stuff so yeah no one really sort of came out of that winning really so it's it upsetting but I think it just goes to show the pressure that we're under um, well, well certainly at the time to get to get players in and um, he just didn't turn out to be the player we wanted so yeah upsetting really wasn't it 
Well, upsetting for him, obviously, him well, and his family. Well, well, and for us, of course, as well, because, you know, we side with, well, I think... Well, not really. we, we, we don't need anyone else to slag off them. I mean, the players are just <laughs> coating every single, every single mistake that anyone makes or, mm. or just coating people. You can have a cracking game for Palace. If you're Moxie, you're going to get coated by 50% of the fans mm. and praised by the other 50%, no matter what you do. Yeah, you know, yeah um, well, we talked before, didn't we, about, um, about players always seeming to... to we, well, fans always seem to need, uh, you know, someone someone to focus on we've had you know we've seen the likes of sort of Matt Lawrence and Shefki Kuchi in the past and perhaps in some ways more deserving but I mean you know, anyone who puts the shirt on and gives their all you know deserves a little bit of a break but we'll talk about um, some of the reasons why maybe people do talk about Moxie in that way and we'll talk about the game he had against Liverpool uh, very very shortly just want to quickly uh, remind listeners uh, that Homestay Radio and Five Year Plan um, hopefully you know them but if you don't they do a fantastic podcast I think they've just released their, their most recent one today fiveyearplanfanzine.co.uk I think it is um, we're playing them in a charity game um, it's well last year last year we played it it was in, in aid of the Jeff Thomas Foundation for Leukemia and Lymphoma Research we raised about 500 quid last year we've only managed about 60 quid so far this year which is obviously not what we want uh, we played our first practice match today went really well didn't it Alex yeah, it was a, it was an interesting match. We had a few people picking up injuries. So Barney, if you're listening, we want to start a hashtag pray for Barney after yeah. he needed the stretcher after <laughs> after uh, an arm injury. It was uh, it was terrible to see, you know. Um, see, the fans were in tears. The fans were in tears, and um, what I mean, tears they, brought, they brought the first aid <laughs> brought the first aid kit out, but there was nothing that could be done. Um, was, and a medic. Was, and a medic. Yeah. Was Mark the sheep there? Sadly not, mate. Sadly not. We were, we were talking about Mark. But anyway, um, listen, that's not the main focus. The main focus is we're raising money for charity. We're going to um, hopefully give a better account of ourselves this year and really looking forward to it. Um, a, a good game of football against some, some great Palace lads. So um, if you go to justgiving.com forward slash H-O-L-V-S-F-Y-P, whole versus F-Y-P, that is, um, head there, donate anything that you can spare. That'd be really appreciated. And um, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, obviously you can come down and watch. We'll um, we'll have more details on that. We'll stick them on the message boards and just try and get a little bit of a crowd going as well. So it's very it's good fun last year, in spite of the mauling that we received from a much much better side. And remember, um, you're supporting us, not Five Year Plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We love Five Year Plan, but you're supporting us. That is the condition of you. So guys. the chant, you fat bastard, is going to definitely be aimed at our team then. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a number there's a number of us that could receive that chance. Um. Which is why you <laughs> lost nine nil last year. You useless bunch of. Yeah, thanks, mate. How are your How are your knees? Anyway, yeah, no good. Um, no good. Got new ones. Have to yeah. Fight Mikey. You're gonna have to fight Mikey again. Goal. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, look. Well, um, hopefully, hopefully, uh, well, appreciate your support on that, and we'll we'll keep pushing it, and want to raise a decent amount of money for the for the Jeff Thomas Foundation. Uh, fantastic cause. Anyway, so we've uh, we've had a little break away from uh, what we we're talking about, the the main business of the day. Um, I know Stuart, you've picked up on this first of all. I kind of want to start with this before we get into the into the detail of the actual match, and um, it's the it's the threads that have appeared on both Homesdale and the BBS uh, demanding Holloway be replaced. Obviously, it's not vast numbers of people, but there are growing numbers of people saying such things, and. Um, I mean, if you want to say a little bit about what you think about that, and we'll get into some discussion. Yeah, I mean, 
it's it's the same old story, isn't it? Soon, it, soon as the final whistle goes and we've been beaten, it's uh, it's straight onto onto the home style and uh, start with with blaming someone. Normally, it's sometimes it's a player, but the majority of the time, it's the man- manager. You know, remember the beginning of last season when we had the the Friedman out threads, and then all of a sudden he goes on a winning streak, and he's you know he's 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 the bee's knees. You know, it, it's 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 just again the unrealistic expectations of fans. I mean. As far I mean, honestly, I didn't go yesterday, um, but I, uh, it was the match of the day on Sky, and I watched it all. And the vibe, you know, I got from what I saw was that we gave it a really good go. You only have to look at the stats um, to see that we gave it a go. We had eleven shots on Liverpool's goal, um, only two of them on target. But you know, he yeah. he set up he set up to give it a go, and 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 um, you know didn't and 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 try to you know, get something out of the game. Sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say, well, we were beaten by a better team, which yeah. Liverpool clearly are. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing that Holloway got wrong yesterday. Um, he, uh, he gave it a go. The only the only problem I have at the moment is is I'm a bit mystified as to why um, Jose Campana's not, uh, not starting at the moment. But um, well, other than Holloway- that... So saying Holloway offered a little bit of an explanation about that, and it was a bit mysterious in some ways. I'm, I'm going to bring Alex in in a sec because he wants to sort of respond to the point you were making. But on the issue of, of Campania, um, I think basically Holloway said that if he could speak more English, he'd be starting more games. And obviously, he, I, I think what he just means by that is that how important communication is when you're, sure, when, but, you're when you're playing at this level. But I mean, you, yeah. yeah, we 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 all saw how he was when he came on. But um, yeah, we'll we'll, and, we'll get we'll get back. We'll go on, we'll go on. Yeah, we'll I'm go just on. saying. It, but surely we knew that when he signed him that he didn't speak English. So but mm, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and, and he's, I think he's a, quality, he's a quality player. I think what well, it's another one of those things, Stuart, where I think when you look at we're talking about waiting for the side to gel and all that sort of stuff, um, and we would advocate impatience. I think that's another one of those. We all know sure. how good he is. And sure. we all we all, we all want him in the team from you know starting games and influencing like he did, but I think in some ways both he and and us as supporters have got to be a bit more patient and, until we we don't want another situation where we've got a talented young foreign player who ha- who just leaves the club after a season because he hasn't settled and doesn't feel part of it. I think making making the right decision, getting him in at the right time, and and bedding him in is is the right way to go. But you know results are, are it's a results driven business, so at some point it's got to tip the other way. Um, Alex. Yeah, just on on Holloway, I, I I look at these threads and I feel a bit embarrassed and I, and I cringe because what the hell are people expecting? The man the man signed fourteen players and I spoke, spoke to someone about this the other day and they said, oh, he, but he didn't need to sign fourteen players. Of course he did. You look at mm. our, you look at the stats from last season. Our players were the second most highest played players in the championship. Then bringing the intensity of the Premiership, we had to go out and sign these players. So any manager, who, whoever you are, will struggle with fourteen new players to get results straight away and in the Premier League maybe there isn't this time but whoever we have in charge I can't see doing any better he knows these players what well, let's bring in Tony Pulis I think I'd rather go down actually giving it a go attacking wise than lumping balls at Cameron Jerome yeah, yeah I Peter saw Crouch. again and I saw someone saying Martin O'Neill on the board today and don't get me wrong it's like Martin O'Neill was a, is a very good manager but is he good at that so good that he could you know, guarantee us because you're talking about paying off a manager who's, you know, in my opinion, not given had not even had anywhere near enough time to make Palace his club. You know, which which when you're a manager, it's got to be as much as some fans might hate that as a as a term. It's you know, it's got to be his club. It's got to be his players, his squad. It's you know what I mean. And like, yeah, 
is, is, is making that change. You might get a slight boost in results. You might get a, a little bit of an upturn, maybe. I don't know. I really don't know. But uh, uh, is there a change out there where we can get... Who knows? Who says that Martin O'Neill would want to be our manager anyway? Like, that's, that's what we're talking about. We have difficulty attracting players because of where we are in the Premier League. You can be absolutely sure that there's a limited type of manager that would want to come in into that situation as well. I think we're, we're, we're fine with what we've got. We've just got to be a bit more patient. Joe? Yeah, completely agree. I just I I get a bit stressed when we're like six or seven games into the season and and we're talking about we're we're having to even talk about changing yeah. our manager. We yeah. co- all these play all these clubs that we we see, you know, uh, who sack their manager after five or six games, and we go, "You, how can you do that?" Yeah, yeah, he hasn't even football, had, yeah, 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 we yeah. coat them off, and yet you go on at some of the forums. And you see the you see the same people that were coating them other teams off, and they're saying we want to change. The other thing as well, how on earth can they even be talking about people like Martin O'Neill? For Martin O'Neill, he's like top five. But I, I, I honestly don't get this this mentality. Our mentality, right, has mm. changed as a, almost through the club. Now I understand that from the pure from the footballing side and the management and everything else it had to change. But our yeah. fans have always have always been we've always had this thing about the, the roller coaster that is Crystal Palace. We mm. go up, we go down. We have a bad time, we have a good time. We have a shit cup run, we have a good cup run. It's that's just that is us. And then all of a sudden we we are. I, I, I just don't get it. I made this analogy the other day, right, uh, when I was on, and I said that I thought we were like two hundred to three hundred million pounds behind teams like, let's mm. just say, like Stoke. We we're a, we are. I'll tell you what it is. What's it worth to finish in the in the champion, in the Premier League uh, in seventeenth? Is it is it ninety million? A hundred million? Stoke mm. have been in the Premiership for eight years. They are eight hundred million pounds in front of us, and we and we and we are expected to be going to places like Stoke and West Brom. By the way, who finished tenth last year? Yeah, and, but, well, yeah, who, you, who, who yeah. think we are? Who did they expect that we should? Yeah. Sunderland have been up for four years. They're four hundred million pounds in front of us. They got a better stadium than us. They got a better. They got better, Everyone's got everyone in the Premiership has got better than us. You look at the teams that have gone up, Cardiff. As much as I don't like yep. them, look at the stadium. It's mm. fantastic. But what I'm saying is, I, I, I don't, I don't get where this expectancy of, 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 of just. But I don't know where the expectancies come from. Yeah. I don't listen, mate. You're, you're, you're preaching to the choir to a little point. But I, I, in, a, in a little, little while, I'm going to start try and play a little bit of devil's advocate, even though I really don't want to. But, um, but Stuart, you want to make a, a follow-up yeah, point? I, I, guess. I, I just. I, Anyone who didn't foresee this, the moment that final whistle went at Wembley, mm. you know, uh, the moment it went, my first thought was, oh, God, what we let ourselves in for. And I always, I always remember going back to 97 um, when we won promotion with Steve Koppel beating Sheffield United in the playoffs. He was asked immediately yeah. after, you know, after, after we'd mm. won, what, what, was, what did this mean to the club? And he said, 12 months of misery. Which is exactly what, exactly what the, pre- the Premiership is to a promoted club. It's you know as I said last week, the aim is to get to 17th position, and that is it. Okay, and to to get to 17th, I'll say it again: you'll be beaten most weekends. You will be outplayed most weekends, and it is a miserable time until that final weekend when you've maybe secured 17th position. Going to uh, landing. Yeah. And, 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 and if, if you. If, 
you know, I, I wanted to bring this up um, on the board yesterday. But, it, you know, would anyone swap our place with Watford? If Watford had beaten us, okay, and they yeah. were in our position and we were in their position in the Championship this season, would you be calling Holloway to be sat lying in fifth position as Watford are at the moment? The answer yeah, is yeah. no. The mm. answer is no. You would be enjoying yourselves. Some, some would. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, you you know, you've got the haters, haven't you? There are mm. there's just haters across. Can I can I just pull? If we, I know we're going on about this, but you're saying about um, a, a, a guy called King B, 1994 mm. on Twitter. He says, "Does the formation need to change to four-five-one in order to put pressure on the other team and gain position?" Now, this is this is something that I've talked about, and I, I again, we went back to it the other week, and I said, "I think our best formation would be three-five-two." Mm. Um, because we have to attack. We can't. We, we are not capable. We weren't capable in the championship of defending. We were, you know, if we sat back, we were going to get beat, and that's what happened to us in the last third of the season. Sitting back, I think that we need to go out and attack and play three-five-two. And and um, to what Alex alluded to um, is that with Capania, what's going on with Capania? I do think that we can have. Jedi as the mainstay sitting in the middle with his little workhorse of O'Keefe around him, um, with uh, flitting in and out with KG, but with Capania for the for the little bit of class, and then Kebby and Balassi. Now Balassi seems to be back and and uh, you know get his way back into the team. I can't see him not being out of start. He's definitely a threat. Um, and um, what we have to look forward to as mm. well is a, you know he's a striker that was in form last year, who yeah. must be champing at the bit trying to get you know. He might not be the fastest, but he's a very clever striker, Glenn Murray. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, one one of the things about Murray is is getting into scoring positions, and um, we don't really have enough of that, uh, uh, you know, at the moment. And I think I think you know we do badly miss someone doing that. And um, we'll, we'll sort of talk about that a bit more. I'm just trying to get a little bit of the, re- the reaction from Twitter as well. Um, I know Alex has been been tweeting tweeting away on there, but uh, and I'll get some input from him on that. But I just noticed that. Um, it, as a way of helping me um, sort of present the, up, the other side to this argument, and I, I want this kind of like to... We'll come back to it, definitely, I think, at, uh, after we've been through the Liverpool game, but I want us to do that very shortly. But um, Mark Hofer has, uh, has tweeted in and said, um, the Oli out calls are because of stupid tactics and team selection uh, and idiotic comments like companion not speaking English, hashtag, hashtag taxi. Now, all right. Um, we I think it's fairly clear from uh, from our discussion that, that we don't really agree with that, uh, but that's Mark's point of view, and he's expressed it in a you know in, in a sensible and clear way. Um, so to present kind of that side of the debate is, I suppose the question is, are we doing as well as we could be doing with what we've got? And and that's I mean that's a hard question to answer. That's something that I've I've had a little bit of a think about because. You know, some of the people who are saying you know negative things, I've got a lot of res- lot of time for and a lot of respect for, and I can see most of it is people being reactionary because these threads they tend to appear directly after a game or within a couple of hours or whenever people get home from the pub, and people do get reactionary. But I mean, some are in there. There is there's valid criticism, I think, to a point. I think team selection is an interesting one. I think team selection is a kind of forced situation at the moment. I, don't, I think we've been incredibly unlucky with, with injuries to the defence, um, and there's been criticism about not signing players, and I dare say we'll talk about that again. We talked about it in the past, but ultimately we have suffered from from getting a couple of, couple of injuries in key areas, just as we're trying to build a bit of rhythm. It's been very stuttering, very stop-start, but you know, I, do, I can't shake the feeling that this group of players 
could be doing better. But my gut feeling is it's just confidence. It's just belief. I think we, we've had a tough start to the season with the teams that we've played. The, the sort of one team I looked at and I thought, well, right, we've got them at a good time and we can beat them was Sunderland. And we did. And we did it well. Uh, the other teams, I think I think we've, we were unfortunate against Tottenham. You know, opening day, but I think really we've we've just suffered from being punished for for just the little bit, little mistakes that last year wouldn't have made such a big difference. Alex, yeah, I just want to say I I don't necessarily agree with with the selection that Holloway's gone for, but when you look at what we've got as a team, I I can't see many changes that he would have to make. I, are we good enough for this level? This is what we're here to find out, and. He's playing what he believes to be our best team. Probably 80% of people would say is is the best team before kickoff, and then once we've lost, it's completely different. I think sometimes the tactics are wrong, but I still don't necessarily think that that means you should sack a manager based on that. You know, he's he has to find out what his best players are. Like I alluded to earlier, he's got 14 new players. How do you know how they play best? You you might have scouted them, but as soon as they're there with you every day, then you find mm. out. It's not going to happen overnight. As in Marange. Mm. Well, Joe, you're you're on a sort of further the point on selection. What? Well, how how do we actually know that he has out of out of those thirteen now? Out of those thirteen players, how many how many are actually physically not available? Mm. If we said five, well, we've got at least five injuries, maybe six. Of you know, it's just. It's I, something, I just don't it's get it. It's, but he it's doesn't bad. have to come out and sell us all, though, does he? He doesn't have to come out and go, mm. he's injured, he's injured, he's injured. And he's, do you know what? He looked crap in training. I didn't fancy him this week. He's got, yeah. You can't mug off players like that. He just, listen, he's the manager. He gets paid very well for what he does. And, and the other thing as well, as much as we can come on and go, oh, I've done this, or sit there and quote someone else that says, well, I don't know why he ain't playing because he comes on and he looks the nuts. The mm. thing is, what you have to do, it's a bit like when you go to school. If you stick, keep sticking your hand up, and you keep getting it wrong, eventually you start, you have to think, hang on a minute, I have a little think about this. Mm. And, and then what you do, you go away, you learn a little bit more, you work a little bit harder in training, you work a little harder at spelling, and then when you stick your hand up next time, you get it right. And then when you play on the football pitch and you play really well, you get it right, and then you get the, the opportunity to keep playing. Some of these players, we're bringing in a lot of premiership players, and I'll be the first one to turn around and say that last year I, turned, I slagged most of them premiership players, or a lot of premiership players, saying that they had attitudes, that they played for the money, that they didn't play for the badge, we had a team last year that played for the badge. And no matter what people say, I'm not going to single anyone out because I haven't seen enough of our team this year to turn around and say, but it's getting pretty apparent that there are one or two that just play, they're just footballers that play for the cash. They don't mm. care about the fans. We can be as fantastic as what we want and get joyous ratings off of everyone from the BBC to Sky going, the fans are fantastic. The fans ain't going to keep us up. No. We don't, well, we're not getting to Europe for that. We're not going to get. We're not going to no. stay up through that. Through the fans no. being the loudest and the best fans. That's what I'm saying. But yeah, going yeah. back to my thing on selection, though, is we we don't know what goes on. That's why we haven't got direct access to the training grounds. You don't see the ag and the and the and the, and the, physic, and the physicalities that go on down there. People fighting for the same. I've seen it loads of times. But but what I'm saying is it's. It's a very hard. It's a very hard thing to show, to try and pick the best team, bearing in mind that if we have twenty four thousand fans here or twenty two thousand Palace fans at every game, and every single one of them's got a different opinion. Mm. No, you absolutely, know. mate. 
Um, look, I just think there's a, you said an awful lot there, <laughs> and I'm trying. Oh, no. there, was a, there was a load that I want to <laughs> want to address, but I'm sure we'll get a chance to come back to a lot of it throughout the course of the season. You talked about players playing for cash. I, I, I'm not sure you mean at the moment, um, but I think well, Dougie, well, Dougie managed for cash. Yeah, Steve, exactly. Yeah. Parish said yeah. Dougie was but, a job. No, but that's the that's the thing, Chris. We but, can't look at it two ways, can we? Right. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're right. You're right. But like, what what I was getting to is that I think in terms of any judgment, I think in terms of judgment about the signings that we've made, whether they're good enough, too early to say, and whether whether or not a player's playing for cash, it's too early to say. You know, it could just be could lack in confidence certain players. I'm not I'm not going to start naming names either. Even you know I've seen pretty much every minute we play. I have seen every minute we played, and I you know there's no one out there that I don't think is not trying. But I think certain things are not working. But what I really wanted to focus on there, you made a really good point about us not knowing what goes on, you know, in the in the training ground and things like that. And for me, it kind of it, this is what it comes down to. Some of the criticism of Holloway and, and Mark, who who tweeted in. Um, that's a great discussion, which I appreciate your tweet, mate. Um, he he mentioned in there that Holloway saying in the press, you know, the thing we talked about earlier about it was a stupid comment that Campania did, you know, was doesn't speak enough English and all that sort of stuff. And he gets stick for the comments he makes in the press. And what really just well, no, I'm gonna say what really pisses me off about that is that Ooh. I know I said piss. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I can believe it. Is that it's yeah, I know it's compounded the swear but what no what i'm getting at is that i don't i I, it's not that long ago that people didn't really care what was said in the press too much it wasn't a focal point people were managers and players weren't really judged on what they said in the papers the papers are the papers you know it's it is what it is i don't think i mean there was criticism for ian holloway singing along to the you'll never walk alone what in memory of his late father, like because that took, was his dad's favourite yeah, song. Yeah, he, he took a moment to in, to to have an emotion, you know, for an emotional experience. How dare he when he's manager of Palace? Apparently, and it's that level of scrutiny that that we're getting that people are judging every single second of every single thing that he does and every single thing a player does. And I just think it's got too far. And I think going out and starting, to, oh, why isn't he playing? Well, do you know what? Do a little bit of research because you can't have it both ways. You can't focus on everything that supports your point of view and not look at other things. We've struggled with injuries. We've struggled with availability. Certain players are struggling with form. We talked about Jednak. He was a lot better uh, against Liverpool, I thought. But, you know, he, he's, he wasn't the last two games before that. He hadn't really come up to the, the standards we've been, again, expecting. That's the word, expecting. Hoping, I think, probably is a better word. But, I mean, that's what, this is what it's all about. It's about expectation. And I think to sum this little bit up, I think for me, there's a difference between what, wanting something to be the case and expecting it. I, I don't go and watch Palace wanting us to do anything other than win, a, win, a, win every game, right? I don't. It would be stupid to think otherwise. But, at the same, but I don't expect... I don't expect us to win every game. It would be insane. I don't expect us to go away to... Um, I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know what, if we keep it tight, we might be able to nick something here. We might be able to nick a point. We might even, if we keep them for, for nil-nil for a while, we might we might score on the break and I'll be able to hold out for a win. But that's, a, that's my kind of thought process. And I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking like that. But when it doesn't happen, I don't, I don't get upset. You just accept the, the defeat. Uh, Joe? Right, just very quickly on that, what you just said then, the, the pros were that we did score. We lost the first half 3-0, won the second half 1-0. 
and uh, and Gale scored huge a huge plus for Palace. Um, but anyway, uh, in in uh, respect to a question we put out about about our Holloway chat, um, Lee Taylor uh, has turned around and said Keith Millen is the defence coach. Maybe it's him. It's not good enough. Just a thought. And in reply to that, Bob White has turned around and said our whole defensive shape needs addressing. Shouldn't just rely on Spironi in the back four. Mm. I, I've, I have a hard time in the defence. I guess I've been talking a lot, so I want Stuart and Alex to chip in here, really. But um, very, very quickly, I, I think people, when we concede goals, people say, as you can understand what I'm saying, it that it's the defence. It's down to the defence, right? Okay. It's not just that. It's not just about the defence, but it, it's about the whole unit. And we talked about this in the last few weeks. I, it's a strange one. I, I don't think people need to necessarily talk about a defensive coach. I mean, I, I put a link to Keith Millen in his Wikipedia on there in response to that earlier on on, on, on the uh, Homesdale to make the point that there is a defensive-minded coach at the club. But I don't think getting a defensive coach in means that defence will change. But there clearly is something to do there. But is, is it to do a defensive st- shape? I think if you look at our two best players this year, you'd probably say Joe Ward and Dean Moxie, which are are two full-backs, so I think you take those two out of the equation defensively, and then I think if you look at centre-halves, Delaney, I don't know if he's, don't know if he's ever played in the Premier League. I think he's completely out of his depth. And then we've had nobody really? alongside him, really. I think Gabardos... Really? Gabard- yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's good enough. If you can have someone alongside him that's a ball player, then, then I understand, but we don't have that. We don't have that balance that we... That, that we once had. When you look at look at Paddy McCarthy and Anthony Gardner, that was for me perfect two centre halves. You've got McCarthy will put in a challenge. Anthony Gardner's good on the ball. We don't have that. We've got two very very. We've got we've got Delaney who will put in the tackles, and then we've got nobody else next to him that can even do anything. And that's why I'm calling Peter Ramage back, please. Mm, I don't know if we've got a recall on him, but um. Uh, oh, let's hope so. <laughs> I, I think again, I saw that on the boards. I don't really agree that that Delaney's out of his depth at all. I think Delaney's done really well, but I think he's just—he always seems to be the one having to make a last-ditch challenge. And what's what's disappointing in the defence, I suppose, is is the kind of lack of. Do you know that we know that thing that like Paddy, for example, used to do where. Just if he had any doubt in his mind, he'd just hammer it out. Sometimes it went in our own net, admittedly, but <laughs> just basically he loved he just, an own goal, didn't he? He, he did. That <laughs> one against Derby, do you remember? But, Sorry, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, right. Distracted myself in it, but um, but I just think it's one of those, isn't it? It's, it's he just just you know he's he's from that school of defending that just gets the ball out of there. And I think with us again, maybe I'm reading too much into it. With us trying to to play a certain style with us trying to pass it out from the back when we can and for people to get on the ball and, and not hoof it quite as much and all that sort of stuff. When we're trying to do things like that. I think that sometimes it seems to people just seem to forget just to clear the damn thing. And I think that's what the, what I'm what I'm struggling with. Yeah. But look um, at Sturridge's goal as well. Can I just say, look at mm. what what's Damien Delaney doing? From that angle Getting whiplash by the looks of it. <laughs> yeah. From that angle Sturridge has got one foot, and that is a left foot. From that angle, he should be sticking him on his right foot, and 110%, he would not have scored a goal. He's, he's dancing around him, and, and yeah, <coughs> Sturridge, is a, Sturridge is a fantastic player, and, and he does that to a lot of people. But as a centre-heart, he should be smarter than that. He should know, right, this guy's only got one foot. I'm going to keep him on that side. I'm going to keep him on his right foot, because he won't score with his right foot from this angle. Yeah, what does he now, do? Let's, to his left. 
That's all just I, common sense to me. No, you're, you're right, Alex. But but this might sound weird, but I think that I don't think Delaney's plays that side in the centre of defence. Do you know what I mean? I think he's had to come over and cover for someone already. Um, I, he's been. He, I think he's been dragged over in on that goal. I watched it again today, and there's two things on that. I'd say for, the first thing is it shows that we're up at well, the level that we're now up playing at because you you can stick a def- you can stick a player out of that angle and he generally speaking the sort of level we've been playing at no one's going to score from there are they it was um quite an incredible I thought it was an incredible strike but it also shows that that basically if we do make a mistake which you've you've you've, you've shown why it's a mistake that we're going to get punished for it and that doesn't happen it seems to be happening every week to us i kind of think is the point i'm trying to make it does seem to be happening every week to us well that's, i don't that's know the, that's the difference isn't it it happens yeah. every week in the premiership and that's you know it's, I, I get alex's point about delaney as much as i think he's done well this season mm. um bar walled i would say all our defense are championship defenders um, and, and and they're being found out every week, and there's there's not a lot we can do about it at the moment. I'm I'm sure Holloway looked at trying to get defenders in, but you know, getting players to join Crystal Palace who are going to struggle all season is a different matter altogether. And sometimes you just got to make the best of what you can, um, and and what you got. And I, I you know, I, I wouldn't say any of them have been bad this season. I just don't think that they've got the quality. They've played their hearts out. They've they've played to the best of their ability, but. After all said and done, they're not Premiership players, um, yeah, and, and that's that's the problem. Maybe, maybe I think we've we've bought with a view that we'd. Well, we, I don't. Have, I'm not. I don't have to say it. We had, obviously we, Steve Barish told us on on transfer deadline day what the what the plat what the whole thinking behind the players we signed was, and the thinking behind it was get a, get a side that would cause serious serious problems in the championship and you give yourself a chance in the premiership that was the thinking behind it now you've got to give it time to see if some of those players are gonna make that step up you know some of them are going to be excellent championship players if they were playing in the championship next year but to know if they're going to give us the chance that we want um give us you know that opportunity i suppose that we, we've got to give them a chance to, to settle and to adjust to this level we i mean we everyone has to adjust really they really do um but just yeah give it a few weeks uh joe i think you wanted to make one last point or did you make it i forget i'm trying to keep oh no, no no i didn't um but the, my point my point was that you were saying about delaney about not being as how much you think just just you chris how much you think delaney's worth just i mean just very quickly what do you think he's worth financially so it's a terrific question to I'd, three uh, five million quid. He's a Premiership player. So if we said five million quid, <laughs> no. So he's up against what he's up against, right? Is yeah. Sturridge fifteen twenty million? Mm. Um, the horse forty million and one pound. Yeah, uh, uh, you know he, uh, these sixty million quid sort of strikers should be turning a three or five million pound defender inside out. The thing is, with you know, we, if I have to go along with everyone else and say that at the most our defence is worth fifteen million quid. They've got a player that's, that should be tearing us apart. Well, not a player, they did. They're just going to do what every other... Yeah, what, what, we, what we used to say, we've, we've, had, we've had midfield, that we've got some really good midfielders. Campagna's he's probably going to end up being our, our most creative, but he's, I don't think he's going to be our best. But yeah, are they going to be up against Mata and people like that? Mm. We, we need to get, we just need to just go, look, this is what we've got, support it. If it 
goes all tits up. It goes all tits up. It just, you know, it'll be up and just up and down, up and down. That's what we are. Yeah, listen, it's not, it's not losing the way to Liverpool that's going to cost us our um, our Premiership place. You know, we've we've got to be better than three teams this year. That that on its own is a really big ask. Who do you think that is then? I don't. I, well, I'll you stick you it on you. Six you games in. I'll you stick it say on right, you. you say right now. All right, I, I want to Sunderland. You've got to say Sunderland because yeah. where they are, yeah. and I can't. I can't get away from uh, Cardiff and Hull. That's, I don't, that's think, what I I don't think. think Hull. My, my Cardiff. I agree. I don't think Hull. I think Hull mm. are going to do all right. I think their home form is just. Yeah, I mean the problem I have with Hull is that last year I thought they were absolutely awful. They were great when yeah. we played them. We great when we played them at their place. We were lucky to get a point up there. But when we played them in the latter part of the season, I guess it goes to show that all clubs go through certain spells where they struggle and also go through spells of good form where they look excellent. And Hull at the end of last season just looked a terrible, terrible team. I just thought when they got when they went up, I just thought. I was actually really wanting Watford to go up in their place because at least Watford were playing football and looking decent. Hull came to Sellers Park and they were awful. They're probably, the, if not the worst, at least top three of the teams that visited Sellers Park last season. They were terrible and then they got automatic promotion. And you look at them now and, I mean, Bruce, we know, is a good manager. You know, why we got so angry with him when he left us. Um, he's a very, very good manager and they've bought pretty wisely. They've... Is you know, it? I thought he said the only reason he came to the Palace was because his missus could shop at Harrods. Yeah, something like that. I think yeah. that's why I got angry with him. Yeah, but you're a, you're a complicated man, Joe. I know, I get angry at everyone, mate, don't worry. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we yeah. gonna, can we have Rambo back then or not? Oh, Even think... if it's just to put a bit of okay. team spirit back? I don't know. I'd that's say, I, don't think, I don't think yeah. the spirit's missing, but go on, go on Alex. But I just want to say, how can you merit, like, putting Paddy McCarthy in the squad. I love Paddy, but he's not fit. He hasn't played the game in so long and then send Peter Ramage out on loan. That's what I don't get. Like, keep Peter Ramage till January. If Paddy McCarthy's fit, fine, put him in the squad, then loan out Peter Ramage. We're shooting ourselves right. in the foot. Reading, reading between the lines of what was said by Ian Holloway when he was asked about the, the 25, reading between the lines again might be wrong, but I, I think this is pretty much the case. I get the impression he was told by the medical staff that Paddy was ready, or at least was a couple of games from being ready. I don't think he's taken that decision lightly. I don't think he's taken that decision thinking, I'm, I'm going to use a space in my 25 for a player who's never going to play. Because his, his comments afterwards were essentially like, you know, I had no idea that Paddy, <laughs> paraphrasing, but he had no idea that Paddy would not be ready. I think, I think he basically got a little muscle strain in a, in a development game. And, and here we are. I mean, and unfortunately you would, I would think that it's fair to criticise that because we've all seen hundreds of times players out for long periods of time and when they come back, they get they get strains constantly. Can, Joe, I, just, can, I, can I just say that, that, that this is... I heard, it's all conjecture and rumour and stuff, but from, uh, from someone who's a very good friend of mine who turned around and said that the, the physios thought Paddy was ready and the... Surgeons have said he's not. That's that's what I've been told, and the physio said that he was a couple of weeks away, and the and the and the people you know have turned around and said that the little tear or whatever he's got still wrong with him was six weeks. All right, okay. Well, there and you the, go. and the, and, the, and, the, and the, he was absolutely not best pleased to be left in the training grounds when everyone else dived off to Man United, but he didn't yeah. hear that from me. 
right. <laughs> Fair enough. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the update, Joe. Um, I was trying to pick up on a few more tweets. Um, that's an easy one. Matthew Packham says, uh, "We hate Brighton." That's a shout out. I should have shouted it. Oh, I can't do that now. It would sound ridiculous. But thanks, thanks for that, Pax. He hates Brighton. That's what we all do. Um, I wonder how they're getting on. I think they lost at the weekend. I'm not paying attention anymore. Um, O'Connor makes a good point. Patrick mm. O'Connor makes a good point. Uh, he says the, the the best team defenders a team. Very unfair to blame the back four for all of our problems. Ward of Ward and Moxie have been very good. Mm. Um, well, listen. We'll, let's, we'll we'll talk about that very very shortly. I want to talk about well, in particular, I want to talk about De Moxie. Um, we've um, obviously we haven't really had a chance to say about the game about what's happened. Obviously, we did lose that game three one. Uh, there were. Uh, quick goals from uh, from Sturridge and from Suarez. Suarez' goal was particularly annoying. She scored it from falling over, and I fall over. I don't score goals. And um, yeah, and then there was a penalty, another dodgy penalty given as uh, some very very slight contact from Moxie on. Uh, I think it was uh, Raheem Sterling, and um, yeah, he went over, fell in the area. They even talked to each other, the officials, and they still gave it. And uh, and, and Stephen Gerrard tucked that one away. Second off, um, people are saying Liverpool took their foot off the gas. Probably did, I suppose, when they're 3-0 up. But um, I think mentally, they, 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 you kind of can't avoid doing it to a point. But we did. I thought we did really well second half. And um, our, our second half performance was capped by a goal from a half-time substitute, Dwight Gale. A lovely little header sort of near post across the goal into the corner. Um, and it's a sort of reward for a good second half performance. Um, realistically, we were never properly in the game, I don't think. Um, possession to Liverpool was 62%. But I think what we talked about last week, where we said we'll have a go, we'll open out, it'll probably cost us at the back, there'll be a bit of a balancing act, blah, 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 blah. We got 11 shots away at goal, two of them on target. Don't think we had a shot on target um, the previous week, so that's that's got to be a good sign. Um, and we had, we had a real go at them, and it's... You know, I think um, if you look at the, I, I sort of start with my point really, just on the game in general, and I, and um, sorry, I'm just having real <laughs> trouble speaking at the moment. I think it's from that elbow in the chest that Nick hit me with earlier on. <clears throat> Gusset. Yeah, he did. Yeah, oh, I miss Gusset. I miss Gusset with his 1970s views. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, <laughs> Excuse me. Right, I'm better now. Uh, the point I was trying to make is um, that, that at key times in that game, uh, very early on, I think it was a nil-nil and probably between the first and second goals, even though there wasn't that much time between the two. Uh, we had a couple of good little chances and, um, you know, you've just got to take them. We, we don't, generally speaking, we haven't been creating much, but, you know, in this game we did. We did create good chances. We scored one. I think that's our first goal in a few games and it's a you know it's a goal from open play it's not a penalty it's not a corner or a free kick or anything like that we've we've earned the right to score that goal and i was encouraged i was i left that game and i thought to my i thought to myself you know disappointing oh, when i was able to think i was um yeah slightly inebriated but when i got out when i sort of woke up in the morning i thought to myself that's that yeah i know you can believe it <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was good i thought i thought we'd done well i i, I was expecting to go on the websites and look at message boards and, and see similar things and from people saying oh, a, we had a really good go second half I thought we did I thought we did a good job and we didn't see that at all what we saw was a well from some people we saw that we saw um, 
quite a lot of hyperbole about sacking managers and how useless people were. So it's all a bit odd. I feel I feel I don't really know how to feel because I, I came away thinking the positive thing, and now I'm kind of caught discussing whether or not we should sack a manager after six games and whether the tactics are right and whether. He should be playing players that aren't available. Only, only because only because you've been forced to talk about it because of the yeah. amount of the, the amount of, of people. And the other thing as well is that it could be it, we 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 are going to suffer from trolling on on these sites mm. without a doubt. There are going to be people coming on there stirring it up, and so we have to be mindful of that. And then you're going to get some other people that think that go on there straight after a bit pissed up, a bit pissed off, and go. Mm. Do you know what? I don't care who he is. He's right. I fancy a bit of that. It's changed him. But the thing is, they're not the ones holding the purse strings. You know, I've already spent a lot of money, and to be, you know, to be. First of all, I think it's insane even saying it, but to be getting rid of the manager after mm. such a few games, but we'd have to be paying him a lot of money, and then we've got to bring someone else in. And then, of course, you get that old that old chestnut. Is that if we get a, just just say we got a new manager in, then he goes, I don't fancy art with these players. You know, you yeah. gotta get someone to come in and manage it. It, it, it never works. He never. He wants to put his own stamp on a oh. team, and then he's going to bring his backroom team in. We, we just gotta get on with it and just put up and shut up. Got, uh, got a few, got a few comments in on, on some, that subject. Obviously, we were talking about it earlier, and uh, Jerry's got in touch and said that we need to stay with Ollie. He's the right man. For- and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com the job uh, he got us up and when it mattered most he delivered the goods you know i think referring to the playoffs there where you know everyone well not everyone most palace fans and, and neutrals were saying we ain't got a chance and, and we you know we we sort of well we you know we see where we are now um he said even if we're relegated he's confident he'll get us back up we need to beat the clubs that are realistically going to be competing with us to stay up and we have as good a chance as anyone at this time um we have to believe we can only get better but essentially we need to pick up points uh, thanks for that, Jerry. Uh, appreciate your comments, as always. Do you think Rainbow's um, better than Gabadon? Uh, do I? Um, you're asking me a lot of questions today, Joe. Well, I'm just saying, I, I'm, I, I'm just going to ask you if you think 29-year-old Rambo's better than 34-year-old you know, Gabadon. You, you, I, don't, I don't know if my view of, of Peter <laughs> Image is, um, is affected by how just great I think he is in you know as a, as a player and as a person right, take yourself away from it and look at it as a football fan then because that's, that's, that's what we're supposed to be doing why, why are you being like this today because <laughs> I want to know what you um, think because I don't I, I don't want to be out here on I don't, I don't want to be out here on, I'll be out on my own I think I think he would be better than I, I would prefer I, I last season I didn't like it that Gabadon came in for Ramage 
I think Ramage had a couple of uh, difficult games, shall we say, and um, particularly I think it was the game against Birmingham where I think he really struggled. I think that might be I might be right uh, in that I one. Think it was the Brighton one, I think. Was yeah, it Brighton? Ips- Ipswich yeah. as well. He did the slips. Ipswich, yeah, Ipswich is the one I was thinking of where we absolutely <laughs> went to pieces away from home. But um, so yeah, three bad games. Yeah, and and uh, I, yeah, no, but this is my point. I I wouldn't. I didn't feel it was right at the time to drop him. Um, but at the same time, Gabidon was was sitting there itching to play, and I suppose I can understand why Holloway made the decision he made. But for me, I think it just should have been a couple of games, and then and give Ramage his you know his, his shirt back if you like. And I, I never really saw, other than those games, I never really saw anything that he did that deserved that. And I felt the the problem I have with it now is that we're a Premier League side, and I don't I think Ramage would have similar issues that I think Gabidon has. With lack of pace, but the only thing is, Ramage has, has got a bit. He's a bit better in the air, in my view. Um, Do you think Paddy's better than Delaney? Oh my God! What is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, because this is a conversation um, we're going to have no, in six or yeah. seven weeks. No, I don't, mate. No, the club um, captain's coming back. I, I, I think Paddy's a fantastic player. He's been great for Palace, but I, I, I am a big fan of Damien Delaney. So. I, I don't think that's the place up for grabs for me. It's Delaney and one other every week. Um, so there you go. Uh, we've got some. That's yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed my Q and A with Gel. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. That's what it's like to be interviewed, is it? Wow. Yeah. Um, got, got a couple more uh, emails in. I'll pick up on. Got some tweets. Got some forward reviews and various other things from people. Keep it all coming, people. Uh, I've said people too much there. Damn it. Um, but uh, you can tweet us at HOL Radio. You can message us on Facebook or facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. You can email us radio at homestyle.net as uh, these gentlemen have done. We've had a small mass- small message in from Brad, Brad Kampanyak. He said, uh, hi guys, next game against Fulham is one where we need to win and I believe the fans who are top of the league anyhow will play their part. Uh, I've no doubt we'll raise it on and off the field. Further ahead, he's booked for West Brom. Uh, he's going there with his... Uh, with his Brummy Palace fan. That's an interesting combination of things. Kirsty D, who comes to the home games all the way from Birmingham. She's moaning as it's in her backyard and doesn't feel like an away game. Fantastic. And then there's some insults to Charlton as they're playing nearby there. Oh, I like but, those. Can yeah, we hear them? Um, no, it's just, to be honest, it could be it could be interpreted as a threat of violence. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it. But um, yeah, thanks for your email, Brett. Um, it's a bit of a longer email. Hopefully this gives some talking points, actually. Uh, that's coming from Paul Fleury. Paul has said, uh, listening in, went to the Liverpool match yesterday. Here's his comments. Uh, Balassi looked like the only one who had supreme confidence. Took on the Liverpool defence with a swagger and didn't show them the respect of a top four side at work. And I'd like to see in Holloway build the formation around him. Uh, he agrees with your comments of 3-5-2 as well, Joe, which I'll be very, very happy about. Very quickly, uh, can I get your opinion, Stu, on uh, Yannick Bellassi? Um, uh, good, good to see him back. Um, yeah, I mean, he's probably playing with a bit of a swagger because he hasn't been in the team. So he's, uh, <laughs> he's not up to scratch with how the others are feeling at the moment. Mm. But um, I mean, it's great, great to see him back. And it's, it'll be interesting to see who takes those, those positions. Yeah, Bellassi, Kebby and Punchin. Um by all accounts, Punchin's not too hot at the moment with fans. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, obviously I saw the match on TV yesterday and didn't really see what other fans are complaining about, which is he wasn't really pulling his weight, but obviously you don't see everything on TV. So uh, it'd be interesting to hear anyone who did go to the match about what they're thinking about Punchin at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. 
But um, as regards to Blassie, again, he's you know he's he's a proven talent in the championship. Can he step up? Let's hope he can. Um, be nice to see him give it a go. Well, I mean, I, I really enjoyed his little little cameo as well. I, I think um, I think what you, it, what's really nice is that in the press, Ian Holloway's talked him up quite quite a lot. A lot of people seem to have some idea that Holloway didn't like Blassie as a player, and I don't think anything could be further from the truth. And, and in some ways, we're talking about. Um, bringing a player into sort of to replace Wilf, I, I think Belassi at times last year we remember that he was he was doing things that Wilf does, and I think maybe we've already got that replacement for Wilf. You know, obviously, I'm not saying he's as good, uh, but I'm saying he can have a similar impact. He does the similar things, carries the ball, beats players, all that sort of stuff. So um, we'll see how that goes. And obviously, we've got Punch and we've got Kebe uh, who can play wide as well. So um, we did say that though, Chris, didn't we? That we those of us that, that really looked at Balassi at the end of last year went, but when Wilf goes, we've, he's mm. the ready-made answer. And mm. I think Kebby, and I think Kebby on the other side, because everyone knows that he is. You know, you can't bring Kebby inside. He's a he is a natural winger with natural pace. Yeah. I, I, again, we did this last year when we weren't crossing. We weren't. We everyone was saying get rid of. Uh, you know, get, get rid of him. Do this, do that. But as, as soon as we, as soon as we, we hit the nail on the head, said if you score, if you cross the ball, we will score goals. And mm. thirty one, but one player got thirty goals. I think that's what we need to do. You know, we need to get the wingers, get them going, cross the ball, and it, and he does, he does do near post goal. I like that. I did like yeah. that. He goes across yeah, the yeah. Post. old fashioned forward. People forwards don't do that these days. It was really, mm. really good to see that. Yeah, I was I, honestly, I was so happy with Gale's goal because not only did it yeah, show. Me too. That, the confidence he's got in himself, he's still getting in those positions. And he hasn't really, because of where he's played, he's not really had that opportunity yeah, to, to make those It's fantastic. We're up to about um, three million a goal at the moment. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying the piece, don't like I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at it, though. Um, it's, uh, it's, go, go it's, on, a typical, it's a typical poacher's goal. And you look where he's played this season. He's played out wide. Remember against Spurs, he was effectively playing centre midfield. And then basically the same against, against Southampton. He is mm. a poacher. That's, what, that's why... People wanted him. That's why we paid five million for the striker. Because when you put him on a six-yard box, when you put him inside that penalty area, he's going to score you goals. So let's put him there because he's just proven that he'll score there. He's used his initiative there, got to the front post, headed it past. Stephen Gerrard's just watching him run there. So, and, sorry, I'm quite far from my microphone, so I'm shouting. Uh, Stuart, you wanted to make a point about Zaha when we were talking about him, but take us back to that. But I mean, obviously, gen- generally, well, do yeah, go on. <laughs> Well, no, it's, it's a bit predictable, but really, um, just thought what just wanted to get your opinion, guys, on what's going to happen to him in January, as he's been made available. I, I presume we'll probably finish show some interest, but I, on in the personal opinion, that we won't see him ever again in the Palace shirt, um, and he's he likely to get interest in clubs obviously better than us in the Premiership. As uh, uh, he already well, said so, as sorry. much, that, he, that he's not going to come back to Palace. Um, I think on a, I think when people asked him in the um. When they saw him out and about in the summer and said, oh, are you coming back on loan? He said no. But obviously, if Man United tell him he's going out on loan, we will be in for him, 100% certain mm. of that. You know, I don't think there's any doubt. Whether or not he comes to us, I don't know. And it would be really hard to see him playing for a, for a lesser club than, than Man United after leaving us. Um, mm. But, I mean, obviously, they've got their own internal politics there as well. So, I don't want to dwell on it too much. I mean, obviously, the best replacement for, for Wilf Zaha is Wilf Zaha. Um, so I'm not against it in any way, but at the same time we've got to we've got to learn how to survive without him because he's you know he's not coming back permanently. It's not going to happen. So we've got to. Um, I mean, no. 
Um, okay, awkward silence there. I'm, I'm just moving on from there. I was saying, yeah, no, going back to the point before Zaha, I was just, I mean, I, I'm so excited about the possibility of a Gale and, and Murray partnership come January up front. Mm. I think that will, um, well, I think that could really help us in, in, in struggling for goals. Where does that leave Shamak? If Gale, well, which interesting. Think that leaves He's only here for a year anyway, isn't he? So. Well, yeah, I know, but the thing mm. is, I, think I don't know. A year, year with the with the option of um, have, have, isn't that what we've been offering people? One year, one year loan deals with the option of stay, stay up. up. I think, yeah, yeah. But you think right. right for us next yeah. year? Could I? Could I, I, mean, I just? Don't know. I mean, can I just say, guys, I've just noticed something that Stuart seems to have a, like about a two second delay. So when you speak to him, <laughs> I should really be telling you this off air, but I'm too lazy to type it. Um. Give him look. Give him like a couple of seconds to reply. <laughs> Sorry, Stuart, mate. What are you okay. saying? Okay. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh no, he's not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a nightmare. No, I'm okay. here. Go on, right. Go on. Sorry. No. I mean, with regards to Shamak, I mean, I get. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that Murray's obviously not going to go straight into the team when he comes back. I, I just. I, I guess the the the. the the big point I want to see is is, is Gale moving into the cent- in, into the centre forward position to play alongside someone. I think he can, you know, he can he could really do it for us there, um, rather than being stuck out wide. With two James Scowcrofts up front as well. Oh, you love that saying. It's my favourite saying because oh. it's so true. Fine, I'll change it. Two Annalise up front. We're playing two massive centre forwards that we hoof it to. We don't even play hoof football for God's sake. Mm. Well, well, I think we're giving ourselves we Annalise in goal. <laughs> we need 11 11 Alanis please Do you, well, look, we'll come back to that I really want to finish poor uh, Fleurs' email um, he's, he said uh, he's happy with the with Ian Holloway he's doing the best possible with what he's got if we were to go down I'd like him to be our manager in the championships so take the pressure off the bloke leave him to create a mini dynasty even if we do go down respect the guy his first words to Palace fans when he joined uh, was to praise the Blackpool fans which was uh, I think people found refreshing at the time because um it's something that our departing manager didn't do. Not that I doubt Dougie Friedman's affection for Palace, of course. I know he has affection for Palace, but I think people like that at the time. Um, yeah, so he's yeah, saying you'll never walk alone. So what's a good song? I was singing it. The Palace fans are decent people. Well, like I say, we know why Ian Holloway sang it. It was because uh, it was his dad's favourite song. His sadly departed father. Uh, he says, Campania looks like he potentially has the quality for top flight, so I'd like to see him given more time. I think everyone feels that after seeing him play, but... Um, I think we've been given reasons as to why that is currently not the case, and that I think obviously the longer the season goes on, the more we'll see him. Uh, it says defence is our most vulnerable area. Delaney was turned like a donkey yesterday, so agreeing with you, Alex. Uh, hence the two goals. He's not he's good enough ninety percent of the time. That's the point. Ninety percent isn't enough in the prem, which is a very Can safe. Did I learn Spanish? Um, looks a touch Spanish, but obviously um, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know how to answer that. I uh, got a um, message in from Jerry Clark as well of Palace Radio fame. Uh, it says, every other team we've played this season, Barcelona have had better quality players than we have. It's as simple as that. Uh, yes, players have made mistakes, but primarily we're playing teams that have more quality and experience at this level. And they all have at least one or two individuals of supreme pace and skill that are deadly in front of goal. There wasn't a lot to choose between most teams in the Championship. The Premiership is a whole new ball game, unfortunately. Uh, very, very wise words from Jerry. He knows his stuff. And, um, yeah, I think that pretty much sums up what we were, we were trying to sort of stumble around earlier on. Uh, so there you go. That's all the contacting we've had by uh, email and 
uh, various different messages directly to me, which confused me during the course of the show. Um, we've got some uh, full re- reviews of the game, which I'm going to go to now. Um, CPFC Baz <laughs> says, we won second half. David says, bench, Marouan, start Dwight. Um, well, that is going to be our talking point when we come off this on talk about uh, Tremac. We, we, you mentioned him, Joe, Joe. You said, where does that leave Tremac? Um, we'll have a little chat about that in a sec. Uh, Benjamin Watts is far too open defensively, which is an interesting way of looking at it. I can kind of see what he means. Uh, Mark Shaw says, great second half, boys. Danny says, don't start punching again. Ben Grossman says, we are staying up. Uh, Patrick O'Connor says, start Yala, Gail Campagna. Barry, <laughs> Barry Banana, oh, that's Anna. Oh, she's got a very confusing Twitter name. Barry Banana and a, and a companion. A companion. It's good. Well done. Can't pronounce it. You've destroyed me. Uh, at least we scored. Paul <laughs> Martin says, still keeping the faith. Dan Winder says, we scored a goal. Um, Dave says, still can't flaming defend. Uh, Nick says, getting bored with losing. That's Nick Gusset Gillard. Uh, Alessandro Penge says, please start Jose Campagna. Rob Askew says, at least Gale scores. Richard Foster says, still glad all over. Ben Angel <laughs> says, attacking good, defending terrible. Paul Kensley says, welcome back, Yannick Balassi. Peter Flatty, why keep punching on? Angie Gammy says, Yannick, we missed you. And Dean Powell says, tits, fannies and pallets for some reason. Thanks, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was the t- general consensus from the, uh, the Twitter fans. End, end on a positive note there. It's good to end on a buzzer. If, um, let's take us back to, to David's point where he says bench Marouane, start Dwight. Um, Joe, um, obviously you asked where does where does that leave Chirac when we were talking about playing Murray up alongside Dwight Gale. So um, for you, Chirac, uh, is he someone who has to, has to start? Um, well, he, he, uh, at the moment we don't have sort of anyone that can hold the ball up as well as him up front. But like I like I said before, if you're gonna if Gale's gonna start with Shemak, he just needs to be a bit closer. But I just don't see why that why that can't happen. But everything's just a you know just it, it's just a learning curve for everyone, isn't it? You know, it, it, if you don't take your chances, at the other at the other end they will. It's, that's what it seems to be. I mean, like 11, 11 attempts on goal, two on target, and we've got one of those. So you know, fifty fifty percent for the for the shots on target. But um, I, I don't know, mate. It's just it's it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating knowing that you you want to go out there and try and compete, but you just are hundreds of millions of pounds behind everyone, even even the teams that we think we should be slaughtering. Um, um, uh, yeah, do you know, it's it's that's. I think I'm re- I'm really struggling with it because I, I think I'm realistic. I think I under I've you know before we started, we were talking about it earlier, and and Stuart was talking very uh, very sort of candidly about expectation and how it's changed and I do feel that's the case but I think maybe I'm having a slightly easier time of it because I I genuinely thought looking at our opening games I genuinely thought we'd be in this position yeah me too oh yeah it's it's so much easier to take than I don't know why I don't know why because we've been here a few weeks you know, no, I know people get critical when I start saying stuff like this. They, you know, they tell it, tell me to my face at away games. You know, I think I'm blindly defending the team and just being defeatist, but I'm really not. I, I don't. It's not that I don't have ambitions for us to do better in the Premier League. And of course, I had that thing in the back of my head that thought, oh, you know what? Maybe we, maybe we're going to surprise everyone. Maybe, maybe halfway through the season, we're going to be, 
sort of pushing top 10 you know can you imagine that oh it'd be so funny all these people saying you're going to go down with no points and all this it'd be great wouldn't it but i didn't believe it. i didn't I'd, I'd like to believe it but i don't um but i do think we'll get better and i think we've shown enough to 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 give ourselves a chance i think it's very very early days um i agree completely with that i mean it's it's not about not showing any ambition. I think we want to show ambition, but that sort of thing doesn't happen overnight when you've just come up in the championship. The gap is just too massive now. I know you can look at the likes of maybe Swansea or Southampton or Norwich who who, who managed to bridge that gap, but their, their first seasons were all struggles. They just managed, you know, to avoid that, you know, that, that last relegation place, and since then they've built. If we can do that, and I genuinely believe that we can, then, you know, it's... It's it's all possible to to complete those ambitions, which is what we all want, you know. And and for that to to, to get to that point, you're going to have to put up with a bit of misery, I'm afraid. Mm. Okay, mate. Uh, sorry, just trying to pick up on a few more tweets. Um, so moving on from from that point, Joe, you want to talk very quickly about the manager board situation? We've got a lot of tweets on uh, on that similar subject. So off you go, mate. All right. So just very quickly, then. It, it, I, I was going to ask you a question, but I'll, I'll ask it to myself and answer it as if I was. Mm. It, if if I was Steve Parrish and 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 you were and you three were my mates, and we put fifteen million quid or whatever of our own money into the club, saved it, done whatever, mm. and then got us into the Premiership, and employed Holloway as the way forward, uh, would I be looking at this moment and sacking him? Never in a million years. Mm. That's yeah, why. Yeah. And I, I, and, I, and I would I would I would think that that would be the way that. That, they, that the guys are, are thinking yeah. because they it's, they think more rationally. They have to think more yeah. rationally than the average football fan, even though they, they are do. fans. And not just that. You, you when you when you make appointments like this uh, in fo- football clubs, you have to take a long term view. I've talked a lot about the short damage short termism has done us as a club. Now I, I might be out of order in thinking that fans should remember how what it's like to to be acting short term. I, I saw someone say it on Twitter. I think it was Patrick O'Connor who said. Um, this is not the Simon Jordan era. Era, era. You yeah. know what I mean? And he's absolutely right. The Simon Jordan era. And I, I'm not one who sticks the boot in on Simon Jordan because, you know, I think, okay, he did what he did. He did things for himself more often than not. But he did, he did work. You know, work really, really hard for this football club. And he did almost what fans kind of demand in that he'd spent every single penny he spent on the team on the. Make, trying to make that team better and trying to pay big wages and get big players and turn Palace into a bigger club than they were. So I think the sentiment within was in the right place, but it was short-termism. It was offering big contracts to players for a couple of years and having no value left on them at the end. It was, it was spending big money on players who weren't good enough because they just felt that they, they just felt that there was a way forward. It, it sent out a message to spend a lot of money and he was spending did, a lot of money on good players and feeding them pizza. <laughs> well, there is that as well. It's that Ruddock again. But anyway, like, I, yeah, that my 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 problem is I hate I hate short termism in in football. And I think when we've gone out and we've got in Holloway because we you know we got him he was employed at the time. Let's not forget that we went out and we picked him. We know from talking to Steve before Holloway was even our manager what he thought of him and how and how much he liked him and how much he liked his approach to the game. Um, he's gone out. He he's picked him. He's you know with the backing of the rest of the board, of course. But like that's he's he's our guy, and we're selling him a vision. We're saying you've got an academy that you want. We want you to build. We you we want to create this club and sustain it in the Premier League. And 
and have it creating the sort of players we can't go out and buy and all this sort of stuff. And then you, and if you go out and you sack him for, for a run of poor results in the top division when we went up when maybe we shouldn't have done in terms of ability, you know, so don't get me wrong, there's never a bad time to go up. We needed the money um, to, to give us a, a, the future that we've, we've now hopefully have. But you don't, you don't get rid of him. You don't get rid of a person you sell a long-term dream to as long as he's doing the best he can with what he's got. And I think that's, for me, that's the only question that we're going to, that is it's worth asking. Are we doing the best we can with what we've got, what we've been able to get in the club, who, what we've got at the club and in the, in the circumstances that we're, um, that we're trying to deal with, um, you know, injuries, suspensions, blah, 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 blah. So that, that's how, uh, well, hopefully I'm sort of summing it up reasonably well there. Um, there were a couple of tweets coming in about, I did see another one from, um, from Mark who tweeted in earlier and the, about the Ram, Ram, yeah, Ramage, uh, Gabidon debate and he did point out that Rambo would never duck under a free kick which um, again can't can't disagree with that at all um, that that did annoy me the other week for sure for sure so um, yeah yeah that for that alone I think that's probably the right right call um, there's a few bits on punching that I'll pick up late but what I want to get to Alex is you made a point pre-show talking about Dean Moxie still getting the, getting, uh, getting some aggravation now, obviously gave away the penalty so if we, we start there get, if, if you say that's giving away a penalty then I think that's extremely <laughs> yeah, harsh you know he's put his arm on his shoulder that every sort of defender does and, and the guy ends up on the floor uh, I'm not saying it's a dive because there is contact but it's not but the lino gave it the referee didn't give it how many yeah, linos referee... give how many linos give penalties these days none none yeah I big team small team that's yeah. what that was yeah. small team is complain, a... people complain about what Holloway said but we've had it in a couple of weeks haven't we hit that mm. one and Manchester well, yeah, United. But, but we'll soon see whether whether or not that the, 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 if he gets a fine, if he gets another fine, forget the other him, he'll spend another two games, eighteen grand, and another two games in the stand. But, it, but this is the other thing as well: is that the FA have got to start looking at things like this. You know, when you've got David Moyes turning around saying about retrospective action, I, I mean, you you can't go down like that. You cannot go down like that. Otherwise, you just be flinging yourself to the floor. They make themselves a laughing stock. We need retrospective action, even if it's straight red cards. You know, it's just, it, it works. This is the other thing. Sorry, Chris, just going on to one more thing. This thing, get this, get this thing. It works in rugby. It doesn't hold it up for that long. And they're saying about the players getting knackered, have a water break. So you got to do is have a have a thirty second water break, lob the water on. We're looking at a replay, and the other, and it, you know, it, it it works in other sports. But the other yeah. the other thing is as well is if he's seen to be simulation, he, he goes off. He when someone's cheated. As in, as in um, Ashley Young, the other, he wouldn't have had any impact on the rest of the game, because he would have been sent off. He would have been sent off the first time for his cheating, mm. trying to get the penalty, and then he would have he would have gone off again. So he wouldn't have had any impact on the game. I'm not saying we, it would have affected the Man United result, but we we, we would have had eleven against ten. But it, it, it impacts on the game. If Sterling goes off, we're eleven against ten. It's, it's just the cheating is it's, is an acceptable part, and I said I said this weeks back. Yeah, is it is an acceptable part of the game because at the top end it is acceptable. The only person that's come out and said it is is um, is David Moyes. But we need all the Premiership to go cheating is acceptable, you know. And that mm. way our manager ain't going to get spend half the season in a stand and, and have no dough to spend on his kids. Listen, mate. We honestly, I could. T-
Hmm. Well, we might be back on air. I'm pretty sure what's happened. I think the uh, internet broke for a second there. Gel's disappeared. I'm I'm still here somewhere. Um, wonder if you can you all hear me? I wonder. Um. There, there you are. You you there, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're back. Hey, you're all back. Hi, guys. Hello. Oh, hey. Alex isn't. So it was a. Fi- it was definitely Alex's internet that destroyed us all. What um, button did you press, Chris? Hey, what? I, that was it. Maybe I was. I wasn't pressing buttons. Maybe that was the problem. I'm not sure what happened. Um, I think Joe's opinions have been just so popular with the listeners this week that they that they just caused an explosion of some sort. But there we go. Um, yeah. So I think, to be honest with you, it was probably good that we were, we were stopped in mid-flow there, because um, again, once more, we sort of sort of got drifted onto other subjects. And what we were trying to talk about was uh, was Moxie. Um Very aware that it's been it's been a bit of a whirlwind of a show. It's um, we're already thirteen minutes over our scheduled time, so I don't want to keep everyone too long. What I will say is that. Um, because of the sort of game schedule that we've got at the moment, it's all a bit weird as to when we're actually next going to be on air. So uh, I dare say we'll, um, I'll try and arrange a couple of little bonus podcasts for you um, where we can pick up a lot of these topics. So we're just going to kind of wrap up a little chat about um, about the Liverpool game as a whole. Uh, we've, we've talked about Jed Knack and Gale playing, talk about Ramage coming back. Um, uh, Punching, I suppose, is probably one that we've had a bit of contact with, with on Twitter. And... Um, the point was made, and I'll just tell you by who shortly, but I'll tell you what the point was. The point was made that um, uh, he was the player of the year for Southampton last year. When we signed Punchin, I think people remembered him for um, for the hat-trick against us for Millwall. I think um, they sort of saw what he did in the Premiership last year. and Sorry, Premier League. It's not Premiership anymore. Um, last year, and they thought that's the player we'd get, and he's not really shown that for us yet. And I think that's where the criticism comes from. Uh, Alex, it was you who wanted to talk about him not turning up. Um, what's your view on that? Is is that why it's so noticeable? I, the thing is about him, I just don't quite understand. I don't believe he's an out-on-out winger, and that's what we're good at. We're good at, look at us last year, we scored so many goals because we had out-on-out wingers. He's not a winger. For me, he's a number 10. He sits in the middle of the pitch and he's a luxury player, and half the time he doesn't turn up, and he huffs and he puffs. For me, that's not the type of player and attitude that you need when you're at the bottom. You need players that are just going to go and run and run and put everyone under pressure and just get everyone going. And I don't know, I don't know where was he playing yesterday? Was it? That's obviously down to Holloway, but also almost looked like defensive midfield. So that's that's a tactical part. But he just hasn't he hasn't impressed. He doesn't create. Maybe maybe it's a whole team thing. But for me, he's looked he's looked so poor, so poor. Mm. And and we and we're not playing to our strengths of get down the wings and if he's playing on our wing do you think that maybe it's exactly what we've just been talking about though it's about play it's about players having time to set it in he's come straight into the team on on loan he, he's playing with players he's not familiar with and Ian Holloway when he joined did say that he's not just a winger he can play in a variety of positions he probably he thinks he's best just in behind the striker he said he can play in five six positions and do you think maybe that he's perhaps not being asked to do the role that he was he excelled in last year, and that you, give him I, give him a, give him a bit of time maybe? Yeah, I completely understand if someone doesn't have time to settle in. But if that was me, and I've been asked to play on the wing, I don't know what the tactics are, but I would literally be running my ass off, doing absolutely as much as I can to try and impress, try and pro, 
prove that I should be in this team. Look at Balassi when he came on. He just ran, he ran forward, backwards, sidewards. Punching for me, just he lasers around and he's too much of a luxury player when we're in this position. We cannot afford to you know, to be playing with ten players and a luxury player. It's like it's, for me it was like Darren Ambrose towards the end of his career at Palace. He mm. just offers very little. He might he might show a glimpse for one bit in a match, but when we're in this position, we need eleven players giving it their all. Mm. Oh, well, we mate. don't have luxury well, players, do we? No. Nah. Well, we um, need our other one to, to, to Bolton. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose I know what you're talking about with Moritz. Yeah, um, I, I suppose the very term itself, luxury player, shows you why we can't have it. I think you can have players of that level, that that type if your if your squad's full of players that that are built around allowing them that sort of freedom, if you like. Um, we don't have the luxury of a luxury player, I suppose. If you look at certain clubs, uh, they have a setup that built around certain players that uh, that allow them to, you know, sometimes stroll around the pitch. I, I, for some reason, my brain is taught, is thinking Matt Letizia, you know, nice modern reference for you, but um, you know, what, luxury some, player. Do you remember him like at Southampton? He used to mm. Mister Southampton. Yeah, but did didn't really do anything other than the the other than what he was great at. You know, by his own admission, he rarely trained. He, he didn't really... He scored. He know. scored. He yeah. was unbe- an unbelievable player. Yeah, Joe, but that's that's the exact point I'm making. He is an unbelievable player, but he was allowed the luxury of being that only unbelievable player by having a team built around him. Built we haven't got any player. unbelievable players. Yeah. No, um, no, exactly. Chris is right. I mean, he was, a, he was a very lazy player, Letizio, but he, he, he had the ability to, to do so, do something from nothing. And he was, uh, yeah, I mean, a complete luxury player, in my opinion. Mm. But that's the type of thing I'm talking about. When you're, when you're a club of a, of a certain standing that you're experienced and just settled in the Premier League, uh, as Southampton were for most of, his, um, most of his time there, he is an example of a player. Again, like I say, picking that as an example um, might not be a modern enough reference for some, but like that's what I'm talking about. There are teams in, in our division now that, We'll have, we'll have the ability to accommodate a player like that, and we don't. But, um, all right, let's move on for that. Won't keep you too much longer. Um, you mentioned your two James Gocrofts up front again, Alex. Um, do you, just to play sort of devil's advocate a bit, and I actually want Stuart to give uh, an opinion on this as well, if you can. Um, do you think, Alex, first of all, that... Obviously, we saw Jerome... Jerome along, You're talking about Jerome alongside Chamac, and... Um, with the way that we're trying to play on the break, do you not think it's a lot to do with trying to hold the ball up in in advanced areas? Yeah, yeah, completely. And I, and I like both players, but you, when you when you you talk about there, we're playing on the break. Those two aren't players that you want on the break. Yeah, one might hold hold the ball up really well, but then got significant pace and they don't beat a man significantly well. I I I just think they're too they're too similar. Play one of them and gale off of him. I think that's fine, but I don't think you can play two of them. They're too similar. Uh, Stuart, what do you think? Yeah, agreed. I mean, yeah, I mean, they they offer the same kind of attributes as each other, and and to me that that's, that never kind of works up front for a team. You need one who can hold the ball up and lay it off for other players, and one that you know who's got the got the pace, got the skill, can take on a player, um, who can who can feed off that person who's holding up the ball, and mm. and. To me, both of them are, you know, that, you know, to put it in in Crystal Palace terms, they're both Mark Brights, in my opinion. Although not as okay. good as Mark Bright, obviously. <laughs> now, I, I can see the point of view. Um, I don't know 
if I a hundred percent agree, um, I'm really not sure. It's it's one of those where uh, I, I can see I could see it feasibly working. That, that's I think that's my problem with it. Um, but I think it, we're kind of caught between styles when we break. Either you break fast with pacey players, which we don't have a huge number of, so we're not really doing that. You know, the quick one-touch passing to get you up the field, it's not really happening. So we're kind of looking long and looking into the channels. And I just, I think perhaps it's a, just a case of, for me, it's the support doesn't get up there quick enough. Um, the, 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 the system we've got kind of demands... Once the ball goes up to Chimac or Jerome, it, it demands that there's some people in the box. Um, Joe, you think we've got loads of pace? Let's see that. Well, I just think our team's loaded with pace, but there are obviously the team orders are to to not get caught with six of us standing in the penalty area and get it on the break by, um, by twenty and thirty million pound forwards. All right. Well, okay. Obviously, most of the season we've not had Balassi, for example. We've not. Um, you know, that. well, Punchin's fast, isn't he? Shemak's Shemak's faster than than than, um, than Murray. Uh, you mm, know, yeah, go, 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 go. we're playing okay. a very different system. That, uh, listen, I mean, you look at the team that started yesterday. I mean, Kebe Kebe's a new player who has got pace. Granted, that's what we've. I think that's what we're trying to do. But for me, Jerome. To be fair, Jerome Jerome's not a, a particularly slow player, but he's already yeah. right up the pitch. He's already right up the pitch with Chamac, and that's that's my problem. We're not breaking through midfield with, with the passing. We're no, they're, we're they're so isolated, the aren't they? Yeah, and, yeah. And that's, that's that's my whole point about Gale. He's got to pick that ball up on the break, or somebody's got to pick that ball up and completely run as fast as they can down that pitch, and then you think about getting the ball into them. Because it's all well and good you hoofing the ball into them. If they win it, then they hold it up. They've got to hold it up for a couple of minutes because they've got no one else down the pitch. But that's and what, what they're going to do. You can't, play, you can't play 4-4-2 with that, then. You've got to play 3-5-2. Yeah. So the I midfielders, so, so, the, so you have a midfield three backing up the two. So you've always got five people looking, for, looking to attack. Um, do you not think that um, we're... Oh, let me know. How do I put this? Uh, did, I mean, to yesterday, did you actually think it was a four-four-two? Well, it, it, it it's it's set up like that, isn't it, Stuart? I don't. No, I, I didn't. Four-one-four-one. Um, I thought I thought it was our usual uh, setup, and with Chumak actually playing wider than Jerome, um, but the two sort of changing positions. We, we did that thing where the to be honest, the front three, Kebe, Chamak and Jerome. Uh, and then you had Punch and sort of tucked in behind. Um, yeah, uh, but, but for me... He was really deep. He was really deep. He, he, he was really deep, yeah. And I think that's what I was talking about earlier, about him being used all, sort of all over the place a little bit by highway. But we had like a front three with Punch and joining them from deep. And it, that, that's what didn't work for me. In the, you've, That's why the... It's kind of what I'm saying. In, in the, if you did have Chumac and Jerome up top as a two, and you had Kebe and Punch and Wide as wingers, like it looks like it does on paper, if you had that, then I think it would have been a different proposition. I don't think we'd have been particularly effective because the system that Liverpool played was pretty much what you've been talking about, um, Joe. You know, they had wing backs, they had you know three centre backs, they had a busy midfield and two amazing strikers. That's the sort of system that, that you've been referring to and, and kind of the system we almost attempted to sort of match uh, in the second half although defensively we remain the same we, we went sort of more man for man in the second half and looked better but 
yeah, I, I don't want to get sort of sort of dragged down it, but that, that was just my my feeling was we're playing Chamac and Jerome, uh, not because we feel we have to, but because we've not really looked like the the way we want to break is happening. So I think we're trying to give ourselves an out ball. I think we're trying to give up defence the ability to release a bit of pressure and not lose the ball every time. And, you know, that's to hit the channels and to hit a high ball up and hope for one to flick it onto the other. But until they start working closer together and until people start getting in support, it's not going to be a successful tactic, I really don't think. But having said all that, we didn't do too bad yesterday at all once we changed it. We looked all right. And Chirac came off for Balassi. I thought that was a turning point, really. Um, and, and, you know, positive stuff in the end, I thought. Um, anyway... So, um, I don't really think we can, uh, <laughs> we can talk for too much longer. Funny enough, there was a relevant tweet uh, that just came in on, on that subject, and um, it was from, uh, the Twitter name is at London Calling, and he, he made the point that um, he doesn't feel that uh, Jason Punchin and Marion Schmack are actually up for the fight, and he'd rather have Andy Johnson, who would chase everything. And obviously, we, we talked about AJ and us, possibly, well, hopefully being back in for him in, um, in January, but... You know, that's, I think that's the kind of player that we've always liked to pal is someone who just chases absolutely everything. I think Gale Murray, can do that. Gale, Murray, Murray, Gale, Murray, yeah. Gale both. That's them all over, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I, and I agree with you, uh, Alex. I think Murray and Gale, for me, uh, and bearing in mind that I am a fan of Chimac, I do think he's a really good player. But I think at the moment, I think he's started really well with us, but I think he's cut a slightly disconsolate figure. Now we're struggling. Um, and I'm not really sure. I think that what, what the... the when London, uh, I wish he had a real name on there, mate. He says he says um, he said that they're not up for the fight. In in a way, that's kind of something that, for a change, I actually uh, tend to agree with. I don't like players being told they're not up for the fight, but I think that's exactly what it is in his case. He's he's happy if we're playing well and he's getting chances and he's involved. But when it comes to to being in a struggling side, he, he does look slightly disinterested at the moment. Uh, and that and that's the, that's the whole thing about Premiership players is their body mm. language is completely different to a Championship player. With a Championship player, you can see him going missing in the game. With a Premiership player, when he doesn't fancy it, it's it's like the most obvious thing in the world. He's like literally, it's my ball, and I'm going home, but I don't care. I'm not interested. And and that's exactly what they look like. It's about the cash. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it is. That's it. The quicker more people turn around and, and, and realise that what Steve Parrish said to us regarding, uh, go back to him again, but regarding Dougie Friedman is that, is that nowadays players, they're playing, they've got between the ages, they've got 15 to, to 16, 17 years to earn as much money as possible so they can spend it on, because uh, so, they're useless afterwards. Unless you're foreign, of course, and you can't get a degree um, while you're playing <laughs> football. But, you know, uh, what happens to all our players? How many, how many players do you know that own successful companies that have actually made money? Steve McManaman, Robbie Fowler have done it mm. together. I can't think of anyone else. Joe, can I just check? Why did you name two Liverpool players? Uh, well, I'll tell, you for, I'll, I'll tell you for why, because they stick in my mind, because Robbie Fowler bought up all the housing states around the country that were going for 10 quid a time. That's and true. Put, and, right. And, and him and Steve McManaman, they built their own building company, and then they turned to, to horses, and then got rid of the horses when they were crap, and they bought good ones. <laughs> Michael Owen then went and bought the, the, the ones with three legs and that were ill, and, you know, it, but anyway, what I'm saying is... No, wait, no, wait, 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 I just knew I'd trap you into talking about your favourite team right by the end. Ah, uh, what being a plastic scouser from the yeah, age of eight, yeah. eight to eleven that I supported Liverpool, and now, yeah. and then I found found Palace 
in 1987. Did you cheer all four goals? Sorry? Did you cheer all four goals? Did I cheer all four goals? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just pleased that, that Jedi came out away mm. with, with his arms intact. That's all that the mm. little Uruguayan didn't bite him. That's all I'm, <laughs> I'm pleased about. Because I... I would hate to see my other team not have a forward for another eight games. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, so that little spiteful thing that Mikey put on the on the match <laughs> report about mm. gel the plastic sea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, only, the only person who was the only Palace fan who was happy about Liverpool winning yesterday, which confused Patrick O'Connor slightly. So now he knows the answer. Yeah, well, there we go. Exactly. Um, no, I think I, I, I wanted to end it on something slightly jokey and positive because, I mean, we've actually talked passionately about Palace all the time and um, it's sometimes hard not to get sort of bogged down in the negativity. None of us, you know, on, on our radio like watching a team lose every week, but uh, we try and be realistic. We try to represent everyone's views and I hope hopefully we've done that effectively for you today. Uh, like I said, well, I think, I mean, that's, I'm going to end the show there tonight. Uh, I mean, the, the team have a bit of a break to work on a, an effective plan for that Fulham game. And, and points are an absolute must defense. for them. They, yeah, defence as well, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, we've, I think I think anything... and Well, lose that game, and I think it, people really, really will start to turn, and it'd be, it'd be a shame, because there's a lot of football left to play after it. But I really do feel it's um, incredibly important, and it's not like we haven't got a bit of time to prepare. So, hopefully, um, we've been decent at home, other than the Swansea game, uh, for, for quite some time. So, hopefully, that'll be all right. And... Um, yeah, so um, for me, for me, it's about being positive. It's about it's about moving on from uh, from games like this. You get anything from a game like this, it's a bonus. That's the way. I'll, that's why I'll, I'll always look at it. I think. And um, listen, thanks thanks to every single one of you who's listened in live today, um, and those of you listening to the podcast. And once more, a special thank you to every single one of you who has contributed to the show today. We really do appreciate that. If you want to get in touch with us during the week, you can always send an email to radio at homestale.net. If it's good enough, we will news it. News it, or we'll use it next week. It's oh, a really bad way to end not being able to speak, isn't it? Oh. Mm. Keep the faith, though, people, please. Yeah, exactly. Keep the faith. Uh, in terms of when we'll be back next, uh, I'm not completely sure, to be honest. I'm really who not. knows? <laughs> who knows? But um, what I what I said earlier, and I'll, I'll repeat myself a little bit, is um, I, I hopefully we'll try and get some time and an agreement from the lads to uh, maybe record a couple of little podcasts at the very least to tide people over if we're not doing any live shows until after we've played the next game which is obviously being a Monday night makes just an interesting challenge do we do the show on a Monday do we just yeah I don't know don't know. Well, well it's not just that I'll be at the game so I won't go home till like yeah no days. don't That's do it on the point. Monday if Alex you know gives I mean? me a so, ticket I'll go I could do it if people don't go, I could do it. Well, I'd probably talk about this afterwards, but I could do it by Skype on the phone from the pub. But no, I mean, that would be fun. That'd be fun. It'd be good, wouldn't it? For Let's one talk about the games today, ladies and gentlemen. Right, are we going to win this show or what? <laughs> yeah, all right. We'll have, we'll have this chat. It's just a little bit of a window for the for the loyal listeners who actually managed to listen this far into it. Well done. <laughs> just so you know, I'd have turned the podcast off ten minutes ago. Um, I started to ramble. There you go. Ten minutes ago, I would have done it about an hour ago. Well, Alex, that's why you're. <laughs> um, so I've got to try and say bye to everyone again without it sounding all clunky and weird. So just, let me just, just hit the button, Chris. Just hit the button. I can't. No, I'm Stuart. I'm stalling for time because I'm still trying to click the right. This hasn't got a clue because Mikey's not doing it tonight. That's why. Mikey's even there. He could help me out, but I think he's. How do you think even he's become bored and not listening? I've is, got to think. Is there not a button that says end anywhere? 
No, it's, no, it's not, that, not that simple. If there was, I'd, I'd end a lot. Um, look, I've got one of these. Let me play this. It's 14 Homestale seconds. Homestale Radio oh, is brought to you in association with CompleteSigns.co.uk for all your sign-based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homestale Radio and get in touch today. That's all right, wasn't it? Played a little yeah. thing. Yeah. You like that? Thanks. Yeah. Um, what I'm going to do now is I am actually going to end the show. So thanks once more, uh, and we'll be back soon-ish. Say bye, everyone. Bye. bye. Not one of you said bye, everyone. I just said listen to it on the podcast. I said bye, everyone. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> bye. Ah, play. Press play. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Homestale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street West London, Docklands East London and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.